60s, 70s, and 80s all on one station. This is WNJH HD1 Hamilton. The views and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. We're going to let the music play for just another half a minute, just because it's awesome. Love jazz. It's good to just celebrate a little bit of encouragement. You know, we've had a busy week. We're moving on into summertime is coming. You start to see things opening up. It is good to be able to uh, just encourage one another. And this evening, we're going to do just that. So the first thing we're going to do is open up in a word of prayer. So... Let's do just that. We're going to open up in a word of prayer. Father, we come to you and we thank you for all that you are. We ask you to bless us, draw us close in our relationship with you, and help us to be an encouragement and encouragers one to another. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It is good that you've joined us here on uh, our radio program. We have a good program for you this evening. We're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to work in a couple of segments. You know, our first... uh, so we don't get too stuck on just one topic. We're going to begin with encouragement because that's where we need to do. We need to start with something that is positive and upbeat, start with the encouragement. And then we'll get into some other of those areas that are a little bit uh, deeper and intense. So having said all that, I'm going to begin with a word of, like, a word of scripture from Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 40, comfort. Yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her. Her warfare is ended that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Oh, my goodness, what a wonderful, encouraging section of Scripture. You know, it's interesting when God repeats something. There are several sections in Scripture where something is repeated, especially in Hebrew. If you see something repeated, pay attention to it. Because just as we use adjectives to describe words like most and very and um, uh, super duper, in Hebrew they would use the word repeated. So they would say comfort. Yes, comfort, comfort. When you see words like holy, you see holy, holy, holy. When you see it repeated three times, it means the most holy. So uh, when you see the name of God, sometimes you see him referred to as holy, holy, holy Lord. When you get into the book of Revelation, you see words like woe, woe unto you, woe unto you who are here during that tribulation period. And there is one section of scripture where it says woe, 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 which means it is the most terrible woe that any person has ever gone through ever. This is the word of comfort for today. God has for uh, his people in Isaiah chapter 40, he says, comfort, yes, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem, cry out to her that her warfare is over. You know, there's a battle that we all face, and there's a victory that we who are in Christ Jesus, that we can we can enjoy because the victory has been completed. It's been completed in Christ Jesus. 
God the Father did not think of you as an afterthought, did not think of things that are going on as some kind of a, uh, a wonderful challenge for him to face. He's not up playing a cosmic chess game with Satan or with humanity, saying, I wonder who's going to get the other hand. He is working all things out for our good and for his glory. Because he knows the end from the beginning, we can rec recognize that we have great comfort. And he says to those who are mature enough to be able to handle it, comfort one another. Comfort, yes, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem. Cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. <clears throat> the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. What brings comfort? What brings peace? What can bring this assurance and the joy? It can only be that which is the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord brings the joy. The presence of the Lord brings the encouragement. I'm going to ask Joe, you know, who's uh, been my right hand for many, many years. I'm going to ask Joe if he has anything he wants to share about encouragement, especially in light of uh, the holiday season just passing and now things starting to get a little brighter. Brighter it is. You know, when you start farming, you know things are normal for me anyway. So we've been farming, and uh, but I like to see the people out. If you, if you were out this weekend and a lot of cars everywhere, Friday night, there were people going out, feeling more comfortable about going out and being out in the world. Uh, a lot of people feel that comfort of just being out. Um, and that's what brings me comfort when I see people out, the people in church, the people want to know more about what you're talking about, the comfort of the Lord. And that comforts me. I hope it comforts you. Well, I like the fact that people are not walking in fear anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it seemed like... Well, this, well, there are people. We know that. There are people that are still wearing many masks or of some sort or not wanting to leave and think that we're crazy they're going out there are people that are still living in darkness that are still yeah, living a self-imposed darkness i believe i'll buy that uh, but I, when i look around i mean just like you uh, i drive here down normal roads and when i come down excuse me when i come down and i uh try to turn onto the white horse pike every year this time of year, it starts to get more and more difficult just to make a left-hand turn onto the White Horse Pike. You have to yep. make your way down to a traffic light. And we're only in April, and uh, it, it clearly is evident that people are opening up. People are moving around. People are, are uh, moving out from behind whatever it was that they were behind before. Right. So whether they're doing it with a new norm, whether they're doing it with, okay, I wear a mask when I go into the shop, right? They're going to the shop, right? They're, they're going they're, to the stores. They're not, they're going to work. Exactly. They're, they're, they're opening up. They're living their life. They're talking about going places. They're talking about what they're doing for the summer. They're, I mean, I'm, I love to rent in the Outer Banks. So we, you go look at, and there's houses that are already rented, already gone. There's people that are, my in-laws have a place in uh, Ocean City. People are renting. So people are getting out. You're feeling better about going places, and that, that's a positive because that's what we need to do. We need to move. We need to understand, again, God's in control. We know that. So we need to get out and let him be in control of our lives as we move about our lives. Well, you know, there's something in the Scripture that, that talks about personal responsibility, and personal responsibility is a, a godly mandate that even back in the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and he put him in a garden. And the first thing he did was give him a job. He said, you're going <laughs> to yes. tend this garden. You're going to, you have to work. It's part of what, what makes men men. It's part of what, you know, if you ask the average man, 
So, hey, what's going on in your life? Most of the time they identify their character and their, you know, their personality is uh, defined or at least enhanced by what they do. Hi, I'm a doctor. Hi, I'm a plumber. Hi, I'm a neuroscientist. I'm a clinician. I'm a fill in the blank, whatever it is, because we that becomes part of who we are is what our purpose and goals are. When you start to say, you know, God created Adam and he said, I want you to tend a garden. I want you to be a farmer. So that's, uh, you know. That's a good profession. Sure. It's a profession that goes back (laughs) since the the beginning. beginning. To the beginning. (laughs) Back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. So here we are with, uh, with God saying, because it's important for us to do those things. When we are kept from working, uh, that's not healthy for us. We know it. Nobody, I don't need to be a rocket scientist or a doctor to be able to say people are, starting to get closed in and depressed if they keep hunkering down and and staying behind um, the ability to not go out and be with people, that they're starting to get depressed. The suicide rate is going off the charts. I get it. I understand that. You know, when you have students, school students, begging to go back to school. There's a problem. uh, Yeah, that's (laughs) that's something I've never seen. Right. Summer was always so short. Nobody Something never I did. Yeah. Never, I never did. We never got to, oh, boy, it's almost the end of August. I oh, can't, can't wait. wait. Yeah. yeah, no. We, we, counted, we didn't even want to count the days left. Right. And now they're saying, I, I can't wait to go back to school. I want to see my friends. I miss yeah, my teacher. This is friends a, and teachers. Yeah, this is a different environment that we're living in now. And I'm telling you that, that God's Word has this for you. Comfort. Yes, comfort my well, people. It, it does show us in the Word that it, it's fellowship with Christ, it's fellowship with God. That does empower us. It does give us the joy and the knowledge that we need to go on. So he's showing us that the fellowship is important. That's why people can't sit home. They have to get out. They have to get out and fellowship with other, I would say, with other believers. Find a good church. Fellowship with believers at a church. But just to get out is good for our mind and our body and our spirit. Are you saying that you think that you were created to be uh, social? I think we were, weren't we? Really? Yeah, yeah about that. I might have read that somewhere. Somewhere. There's a book. Oh, what is that book? Oh, that's right, the Bible. I read that. Bible? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good book. That's been around a while. I know. I, I, they, few, they did sell a few copies. Yeah, a few copies. You know, it's interesting. The, word of, the Bible, the Word of God, is still a bestseller. It still is. But yet, uh, fewer people read it than buy it. And that's the shame of it. If more people read it, it would change more lives. Ahead, said, f- say that again. Fewer people buy it than read it. More people, people buy, buy it than, than read, read it. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there are people. Okay. I mean, uh, and you know, they're good-hearted people, and they they buy the Bible because it brings them comfort, and they read parts of the Bible. But as often as not, I mean, it's a good topic. Maybe we'll pick this up for the third segment. Well, how about a qu- okay. Go ahead. I was just going to answer your question. Go ahead. Ask a question. I mean, we'll do it now. Let's let's okay. just knock it out. Really now. quick. I mean, there are people that don't read the Bible, and. Their entire learning knowledge or, or learning way or way they like to go about life. Okay, they don't have a Bible. Maybe they don't. They have a Bible. They don't open it. But they go to church on Sunday. They come. They hear a beautiful word. Even even our church. I mean, we're no different than anyone else. And that's all they do. And then all week, they they pray. They're good Christians. But they only go to church on Sunday. And they don't open the Bible. What about those people? Because you know, there's a lot of people that. Don't open it, whether they don't understand it, don't know where to open it to, or just get enough from hearing what you have to, or a pastor on Sunday have to say. It, it, that is the nail on the head, Joe. You see, when um, 
I, I was brought up in a religious home. I was brought up, uh, you know, with, uh, I've shared this before. My father was Catholic. My mother was Baptist. So my father had committed to raise us as Catholic, but he did not consistently attend the Catholic church. So he was okay with my mom taking us to her church. Okay. So I would go to my mom's church and that's where I, I grew up and, and went to most of my church, although I still had to go through, you know, the Catholic uh, rituals, the baptism and confirmation and so forth, too, you know, because you're, well, because you're Catholic. So, uh, and here in Hamilton, it was, it was not only accepted, it was expected back when I was a youth, uh, you know, the Catholic church, the, the priest would come door to door. He knew everybody by name in the community and they could come right into your house. They were invited in. Hi, how are you? Come on in, Father. Sit down. Have a cup of coffee. That was part of life. There was nothing uh, abnormal about it. The same was true with my, my mom's pastor. He could call up any time, or he could just stop by just for a visit. It was uh, it was uh, much different than it is now. People were, were uh, more open in their social Socialness, is that a word? They were more open so, in their social It is now. You, it is now. You made a, yeah. you made a, made a new word. And it, and but it was much more accepted back then. Yeah. Now it's the exception more than the rule. It was the rule back then. But even then, I can tell you that my mother knew the Bible, and I can tell you that my father read the Bible every day. But he would never tell you that he read the Bible every day. And he picked up the habit— uh, I know this is going to come as a shock to you guys. He picked up the habit in a <laughs> foxhole in World War II <laughs> because they gave him this little thing called a pocket missile. And if you were in the military, especially in you know World War II slash Korea, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They gave you the pocket missile, and you put it in your little pocket, <laughs> and it had everything that you needed uh, while you were out there. And, you know, you read it. You had very little to read, and you needed something to strengthen and encourage you. Then if you wanted encouragement, you knew you could go to the Word of God, and it helped bring him encouragement and strength to be able to endure. Now, when he got out of the service, of course, the, that Bible goes in a drawer because you don't need it anymore. The church did everything for you back then. The church didn't encourage you to read the Bible. Then I go to my mom's church, it was a Baptist church, and we were encouraged, read your Bible and pray, read your Bible and pray. We even sang songs about how we read our Bible and pray, that's how we grow. And all I did was just bring my Bible to church. That should have been a, a verse in the song. I bring my Bible to church, and that <laughs> yeah. will help me grow. No, it didn't help me grow. I brought my Bible to church. Uh, it made me feel better about myself, but I didn't know what was in it. And what did you do with the Bible when you got to church? I, I, you said this before. Yeah, I, I have had a bad back, so I would put it, the pews were hard and uncomfortable, and I would put the Bible in my midsection, use it as a lumbar support, because <laughs> it was a nice, soft, leather-bound Bible with my name embossed on it. It fit perfect it felt just back right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but in the end, it supported you anyway. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. There's that strawberry we yeah. keep talking about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it was no fault of it was no fault of the religion that I didn't read my Bible. It was no fault to my priest that I didn't read the Bible, no fault to my pastor. Whose fault was it? It was my own fault. I had a Bible in my hand in my own language. I was encouraged to read it. I, I Listen, I, I love you guys and you guys on the listening audience. I don't know how many of you come to church. Uh, and hear from me on Sundays or Wednesdays, but I say the same thing all the time. 
read ahead. There's much more good stuff. Right. So I encourage you to read the Bible. At last Wednesday, I gave homework. This is what I want you guys to read. And John, this Wednesday, there's going to be homework. This is what I want you guys to read when you come back for next Wednesday so we can know what it is that is the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit from the book of Acts and John chapter 16 to get to know what is the what the Word of God has to say. And sometimes people are content to know what the church has to say as opposed to what God has to say. And we want to know what God has to say, and he speaks to us from his word, so we should get to know his word. And if we got to know his word, then you wouldn't be surprised by these sections of scripture that start with comfort, yes, comfort, my people, says your God. You'd be reading this stuff as you go through your daily devotions. But the billion-dollar question. Go ahead. Is it okay if they don't open their Bible and they get all their knowledge from their pastor? Are they saved? Because so it has well, we, reading that's a the whole Bible. Reading the Bible has nothing to do with salvation. Right, right. Growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, which means steps towards growth. If you want to grow as a believer, there is no substitute for reading the Word of God. Correct. You I must mean, read the word it, of God. It is a matter of maturity. Yeah. I like to kid and say, you know, the, the quiz is out the out of the Bible, not out of church doctrine. <laughs> if there's gonna be a test in heaven, it's gonna be how well you know the Bible. But <laughs> well and how how well you again, applied it to your life. The salvation is about not knowledge right. of the Bible. Right. This is just standing. So what I'm just <laughs> trying to get to is that we're not condemning anyone if they don't open the Bible their whole life. I mean, that's what I'm getting to. I mean, we want people to, we want people to feel empowered and to know who Jesus Christ is by what he did, of course, of the miracles and what's in the Bible and all that. But there are people that may never open the Bible, and we don't want to, we're not condemning anyone that doesn't. Well, I read more of the Bible before I was 14 years old than... The entire time between 14 and 26. Because before I was 14 years old, I was in Sunday school, Good News Club, Jet Cadets. <laughs> you pick a, you know, a something that you could be involved with at the church for kids, and I was there. It was good for socialization. I made lifelong friends, by the way. Some of the friends that I have made from second grade are still my friends today, and that was seven or eight years ago so <laughs> see that's the that's the small town that's the advantage of the small town because you could go to church and make friends for a lifetime i started reading the bible when i was about 18 19 i was in college and i found a, a little new testament that was written in english and after reading uh the late great planet earth i owe, I owe it to hal Lindsay as one of my first uh, steps and this Bible. That's when I started getting into a relationship with God, and all I wanted to do was what my nature is, and and what I found out what my name meant. Ken is to know, and that was that's you my covenant. That, yeah. That's my covenant with God, and He said, "You want to know? Okay, you'll know." <laughs> Some of the stuff I wish I didn't know, but so I know. Would you Would you conclude, or can we? say that is to everyone who is born or saved born again 
it's a personal responsibility for them to really open up the Bible, open up the Bible and get knowledge and the fellowship that comes through that. It is not only a personal responsibility, it is one of the greatest privileges we have Amen. in this country. Amen. There are Christians in other countries. Like I was just talking to a to a friend and he he is Chinese. He's here from China and you can talk to him about what life is like for Christians in China. And if you talk to him about what life is like for Christians in China, now he's not a Christian. He is, he calls himself, identifies as another religion. None of your business what it is, but he is not a Christian, but he knows what it is to be a Christian in China because there are Christians in China. And he said, if you're a Christian in China, if they find out that you're a Christian, they will come and burn your store Hmm. and they will probably arrest you. They'll arrest you. They'll persecute you. You'll lose your job. You may lose your house. You'll lose all of your privileges. And then you'll be able to be released back into society, hopefully having taken your spanking and learned your lesson. Then you join the collective and get -hmm. your mind squared away. If you keep it up and you become a problem, then they're going to make the problem greater. Uh, China just came out with a new law that said if there is any federal assistance for any Chinese national, you must disavow any relationship with any underground church, including Christianity, Hmm. in order to get this uh, federal aid. So it's becoming very difficult. Here in this country, we talk about taking the mark of the beast. You're not going to be able to buy or sell over in China. You have to disavow your relationship with Jesus Christ in order to be able to collect welfare, or you will starve. Uh, You know, in this country, we tend to fight over some things that are not Uh, not worth fighting over and we certainly tend to dispute over things when we really do have first world problems Mm -hmm. in this country Uh, i need a better cell phone plan oh my goodness my (laughs) health care coverage is not what i wish it should be my insurance rates are out of control those are things and they are i agree with all of that but when we're here we're going to spend the next segment the next 20 minutes talking about things like a vaccine and a virus when we live, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but um, I came here in a comfortable car. It's not new. It's got 200,000 miles on it, but it's reliable and it's fairly easily repairable. And it had air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are in a country that is the most blessed. I'm sitting here in an office that's very comfortable. And I can say Jesus Christ is Lord yes. on the radio without fear of arrest. Now, there's some level of fear of shaming. There's some level of fear of a cancel culture. But, you know, they can cancel me, but they can't cancel Christ. They can shut my voice down, but as they do, the word of God will just spread the way that God would have it spread. And if I'm not allowed to say it, then so be it. God will raise up another. But right now, we have those liberties, and I have the freedom to be able to read the word of God. These dear brothers and sisters in China would love to have a Bible in their own language. More often than not, they have a Bible and it's in English and they struggle with English. They speak English for the most part, but it's difficult for them to read the English and get the interpretation. And there's no one that can teach them and they don't have the ability to come to church and they can't come to youth group and they can't sing songs of praise and worship. And here in America, we have the freedom to be able to do it. And listen, these are hard numbers. Nine out of 10 people do not attend church 
consistently on Sunday mornings. And if you believe I'm wrong, please give me the evidence to refute that because I would love to be wrong. There are things I like to be wrong about, and that's that would be one of them. That of those 10% of the people that actually come to church, I'm going to ask for call-in or show of hands some way how many of you actually read the Bible throughout the week. So when you talk about only 1 out of 10 comes to church, and of that 1 out of 10, how many of them consistently read the Bible, have daily devotions in the Word, get to know the Word, there's no wonder the world is in such terrible straits and we have so many disputes and fightings and uh, discord everywhere. And it's not just because we have a lot of free time, which we do have, and it's not because there's just a global pandemic, because there is one. It's because we don't know the answer for the truth and the hope that comes from Jesus Christ, so we don't have any comfort. And when I say words like this, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says the Lord God, he's comforting his people. If you're not one of his people, you don't even believe that he's comforting you, which means you have no answer for hope except, I, I don't know what your answer for hope is, because I don't have any. Maybe you guys have an answer for uh, hope. The, the, the only hope there truly is is hope in, in the Lord God because he sees what's coming. And if you're, on, it's, if you're on a road and you can't see all the way down and where it's going, he is above you and he sees which way you should go. And uh, people who, who try to get through life without God, that's a hard, that's a hard way to go. That's everything is my responsibility. But they don't know. They don't. The, the problem is a lot of people that don't have Christ don't know what they don't have and don't True. know they do. To, they need to have Christ. So it's very foreign to them. It's like trying to talk to someone who just speaks Chinese. It's foreign. And those are the people that we need to pray about pray for more because if their hope every morning is waking up just to, oh i'm going to have i got a great job i'm going to go away this weekend without a relationship with christ you don't yeah, how do they get that but they don't know they don't know they think life is is fine yeah until well you continue down until. in chapter 40 of uh, isaiah and it says uh, in verse 13 uh, you know, before we get, I'm going to read verse 13. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or who, as his counselor, has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? Who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket and are counted as a small dust on the scales. Uh, so before we go to a break, I want to give encouragement from the Word of God. You know, the Lord does not need my counsel. The Lord does not need my wisdom nor my understanding or my instruction. I rely on Him and His. So uh, if you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. Area code 609-593-9654, 609-593-9654. Yes, it would be uh, appropriate for you to call in with a prayer request or a word of encouragement or maybe even a praise, something good going on in your life, we would really love to hear it. We could use some good news. So right now, our producer, and the names are still up in the air. <laughs> Mr. Buttons has been removed. You cannot call him Mr. Buttons. Oh, Thank boy. you, Lord. Yes, we can call him the ump. We no longer can call him Mr. Ump because people started making fun and mockery with that name. So where were uh, we at? Where were we at? I know we were at, last Tuesday. We had Uncle Tony and somebody called him Uncle Anthony. Anthony. Uh, so uh, listen, unless you guys come up with something more creative, uh, we're going to wind up calling him Uncle Tony or the Ump. And 
I'd like him to have a nice T-shirt made up with that name on it. <laughs> so please call in. Please send your, your Facebook notifications. Please YouTube us. Please hit the bell and the icon, the subscribe. And what do they say? YouTube what are the cool us. kids? Yeah, what do the cool kids say? Smash that, that like button and ring that bell, notification bell, and you get on the team, and it really does help us. And whatever the cool unboxing people say, we're going to unbox it, and then the next segment we're going to talk about what it is that you've been waiting with bated breath, and that is all of the answers for what to do in response to COVID-19. Go to a break. Hello, this is Diane Lombardo with Calvary Chapel Hamilton's Women's Ministry. 2020 has been an especially challenging year, so I believe that 2021 will be an especially blessed year. Why do I say that? Because if we commit together to looking for the positives and sharing God's love, joy, and peace with each other, the world can become a better place. Will we still be met with challenges? Of course. However, we have a choice whether we contribute to the anger and discord of this world or if we contribute to the joy and the peace. It can only be done through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and following God's direction from the Bible. Will you join me in learning more about what God wants from each one of us? Will you join me in practicing kindness instead of criticism? Let's make each month of 2021 better than the month before. You came across someone struggling with hunger. How would you recognize them? By their clothes. Their age. The way they speak. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo on WNJHRadio.com. It is good to have you back. Thank you very much. Yes, we are going to talk about the second hottest topic in the world today and not the trial of Derek Chauvin just yet. We will mention it, of course, because we need to. However, what we do have is we have some insight into the COVID world, the vaccine, the vaccine rollout, the vaccine pullback, the vaccine re-rollout. And one of the things that I see today is uh, there's so much pressure to take the vaccine, and there is very little interest in getting the vaccine. So I, I don't speak on behalf of people. I only speak for myself. And I do observe people, and I can report what, I, what it is I observe. But if you want to share a viewpoint, if you are telling us you're just been waiting with bated breath to go get your vaccine, I can tell you that there are places that are begging you to make an appointment, that there are, according to the every news source I watched, thousands, quote, of appointments available at your convenience. Come in. Please come and get your vaccine is being said. So apparently people are not taking advantage of that. So I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to ask Joe to ask a question of Doc because I know that you have one. And then we'll see if Doc has uh, the ability to bat it out see, of the park. Let's see if I, I come across any information relative, relevant to the question you're going well, to ask me. Well, I don't know what a lot of these people are justifying. They're not wanting to get vaccines. But you look at the climate we have now and the uncertainty of really what the vaccines will do to anyone long term because they're still testing it on us on the millions of people that are getting it around the world they are collecting the data so eventually we'll have information but as you read it says the risk outweighs the benefit i mean the benefit outweighs the risk 
Where do you see that landing? Now, Johnson & Johnson, they say, works well, and the only the six people, the one person out of a million. Okay. It's how you look at the data there. Because well, you, the you Johnson can always misconstrue that the, 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 the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was only started to be given to people under 50 just recently. In this country. In this country. Now, again. I don't know the population of it, but that <clears> 6 million is all the doses that they're given. Now, if they had a test subject group of 120,000 people, which I don't, I'm just taking this number, and half of those are women, and I just was discussing this with my doctor, and he, he was kind of like thinking about it, yeah. You know, the six million is all the old people that got it. The test group, half of those are women, because they gotta make it 50-50. And if it's 120,000 people, which is a lot of people, 60,000 were women, and you got six, and 60,000, which isn't one in a million, it is one in 10,000. Ho, wait a minute, <laughs> stop. The other thing is, okay, they have told everyone, patients that have gotten the vaccine and the doctors, please pay attention to anyone that's having leg pain, abdominal pain, shortness of breath, and headaches. Now, when you say leg pain, or even abdominal pain, and then shortness of breath, I'm thinking there's the possibility of what we call a pulmonary embolus, and that is a clot that has traveled to the lungs. And the standard treatment for that is heparin. But heparin in this case would cause more harm. So now they have to re-educate the entire medical uh, uh, profession nurse practitioners, uh, physician assistants, to take these um, symptoms seriously, seriously in people who have been vaccinated with the adeno vaccines, which is AstraZeneca, um, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and Sputnik, because all of those use a what we call an adenovirus carrier. Now they, I saw briefly a paper. I was reading it when uh, it was presented to me. I saw a paper that said in 2007 they found out that if an adenovirus is is injected into the bloodstream, it causes clotting problems. So now it's like. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the risk outweigh, you know, I mean, the benefits outweigh the risks, but that's only part of the story. But now <clears throat> there's places in California are talking about vaccine password, uh, passport. Yeah. To get into different places. So now people are looking at, that don't want to get vaccinated, aren't going to get vaccinated, are saying, what now? We are, are we going to go to this stupid point where we're going to have passports to be yes. in places? Are we going? They would love to be able to do that, and everybody would, uh, uh, everybody would lose some freedom in in that particular thing. It's, Everyone would lose a little bit more freedom. freedom. We yeah. lose a little bit more, more freedom, freedom, a little more freedom. Right. I don't know how much salami. That's called the salami. You lose a little at a time. 
And it's like <laughs> that's an Italian joke. Leave it yeah, alone. no, that's because they call what the Chinese are doing when they take a little bit at a time. Because that has so happened I ever see. since I was a young man. I've lost a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and it just continues to be just a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually, we're not going to be able to even stand up and say where did it go because we're not going to have the the platform or the right. Right now, we don't have either. We barely have the right. And if you, I mean, there's one guy who gets shamed because he donates $10 to a cause that uh, the mainstream media believes is an appropriate cause. So they want him to lose his job as a, you know, a hmm. first responder. It's just, it's terrible. You can't, you're no longer permitted. Free speech means only those that, that hold the right narrative have the right to speak. And if you say anything, dare to say anything against them, you immediately have to be shut down and boycotted because you're just a terrible human and you fall, uh, you are just far against anything that is part of the collective narrative. And it's, it is uh, 1984. Shameful. But if, oh, we, of course if it is. we get if we get back And most kids have not read 1984. If we get back to the vaccine topic and there's people listening, what kind of advice would you give someone? I Keep, mean, we, we can't advise people either way, really. Re, no. You but can't but say don't the get one it, thing the one thing it. I do advise is keep yourself healthy. Right. And go over do you the can, vitamin you can thing. Run, yeah, How about the, the therapeutics that would help? Mm-hmm. They're that suppressing instance, a lot of the therapeutics uh, that would help. Right. Because when you, when you put in the therapeutics and there's one therapeutic that really would help, then it flips the balance. You know how they say the benefits outweigh the, 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 the cost? Well, it would flip it where it would be more beneficial for you to be covered with this therapeutic and keep yourself healthy, then expose yourself to the vaccine. And that's a scenario they don't want. They want to be able to say everyone is now vaccinated. Now, good news for those who have gotten vaccinated is recent information has just come up that the levels of antibody are still at a decent level 209 days out. Okay, let let, let me help you. And that's with, with the Moderna. Let, let me help you with, with my take on that. And this is me personally mm-hmm. viewing what I watched on news sources just a couple hours ago because I wanted to be up to date on what it is that is being presented. I don't know what the truth is because they lie to me consistently. I don't know what the facts are because they have scattered it with just numbers and figures and tell me this is best for you. This is good for you. We must do this because it's better for you. It means nothing to me. So all I have is rhetoric to go by, but mm-hmm. the rhetoric that is coming out last week was, but buckle up, buddy, because it doesn't matter what vaccine you had. There's going to be a top-off, va- they call that a top-off vaccine. Yes. Right? In your, in yeah, everybody's saying yeah. there's going to be There's going to be, be a top-off vaccine. You're going to take another uh, a vaccine. Booster, a booster. A booster. And then I have people who are intelligent. I mean, people with lots of letters after their name trying to defend this, saying, well, you get a new va- a new virus vaccine for the flu virus every year i said yes but i don't get a booster for the one i got last year Mm. they give me the vaccine for that virus and it either affects that virus or it doesn't they don't give me a booster for that virus i either have the antibodies for it or i don't they give me a different spectrum of virus antibodies or 
I, I don't know what it is they're giving me, spike proteins or mRNA. It doesn't matter what it is that they're giving me. They give me something to be able to fight off a different strain of virus, not a booster. This is not mm-hmm. like tetanus. This is not like my rabies. This is not like my, what's the other one, the chicken pox, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe I didn't get enough of the chicken pox vaccine. I got to get a little more of the chicken pox. This is a completely different one, but they're calling it a top off. You know, when I order a cup of coffee and they say, do you want me to top you off? They don't pour Coke in there. Right. <laughs> they put more coffee in there. I know the difference. Uh, so stop lying to me. Well, that paperwork, what did the, what, the information we had here, it said that it wouldn't be regulated. Or what's the term they use for the top off? The booster would not be... Perform any clinical safety studies. Right. They, yeah. won't, they won't have any clinical That's safety studies right. on the top off. On the, on the top off. Because if it's a top off and it's the coffee rather than the Coke... They're saying, oh, by the time you get a, quote, a top off on whatever, we'll know all the safety studies secondary to it because in, in order to top it off, everybody's got to get vaccinated. And then they, you know, they bring forward what they want to bring forward and they suppress what well, they want to okay. suppress. Okay, hang on a minute. Uh, and it has nothing to do with science. <laughs> Who's they? Who's they? Uh, you said, you said oh, they. they. I can't, oh, I can't okay. let you off the hook. Who's oh, okay. They? The, the, the they are the people, uh, the agencies that have three uh, letters in their titles. Such as? Uh, CDC. CDC. World <laughs> Health Organization? Are they Three letters, yeah. They one of the they? FDA. Yeah, yeah. FDA, no. are they one three of the letters. they? Three letters. Yeah, they're one of the mm-hmm. they. So they'll bring so forward three letter what they words want. That, that were... Well, yeah, the three-letter organizations. In, NIH is another one. Three-letter organizations. They will bring forward what they the want to bring forward. Did you say the who yet? Yeah, we said the who. Did you yeah, say, I didn't hear you. Yeah. 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 So they bring out what they want to bring out. They suppress what they what want they to suppress. They want to suppress in order to achieve the uh, Whatever the their desired result. They and that's the thing. Where, where, I guess we can't even figure that question. I was going to say, where are they want, where is the they what do what is their old goal? I know, what do they want? I know it's about control. Yes. Okay. They want to control a population. We know that. We know that that the current current climate is a climate of control. We've seen that for a year because well, whatever reasons. But where are we going from here? Well, um, it seems as though fear is the motivating factor. When you start to see and uh, and look, I, maybe I'm heading a little off track here. When people begin to gain personal liberties and a little bit of independence and self-power, governments become very afraid. And governments need to be able to control people. And they're usually able to control people with economic stimulus, sometimes a pandemic, sometimes fear of having your child kidnapped can cause you to give up certain liberties and sign up for a national ID card. Um, How many people, and I'm not talking about globally, I'm just talking about in this country over the last 20 years, how many of you got your passport even though you never actually got on an airplane? But you got your passport over the last 20 years because you knew it would be easier to either get your driver's license because you had your six points of identification that you needed just to be able to drive a car in the state of New Jersey. How many of you did that because if you wanted to get on an airplane, even just to fly down to Florida, go to Disney World, you knew that your driver's license is no longer sufficient. Your voter ID card does not let you get in and out of Canada anymore. So you got your new 
you got your passport because you thought it would be easier for you to travel and you just gave up a little bit more of your potential independence for it. Then we have the tracking ability on our phones. We have the tracking ability on our laptops and our home devices. How many of us have put in those uh, trackable cameras on our front doors and on our houses that are, you know, are where all of that video uh, evidence is now stored in some gigantic cloud that I don't understand it, <laughs> but I know it goes somewhere, and I also know that I don't own it. That everything that we put, we're here we are on a YouTube channel, and everything we put up on Facebook. YouTube is owned by them. Facebook. Facebook. That's See that I same I'm, difference. I'm not an interweb inter <laughs> guy. That's why I have tech guys that are. But the with thing me. is that even that is censored. I have I have medical websites that won't give medical opinions because they may be censored. Now, from an algorithm, from a program, I had. I just listened to I listened to this guy because he's funny, but he is a Christian and his heart is really good. And he was advertising uh, for a, a seminar that he's given uh, sometime soon. And he said, you know, uh, get uh, get your tickets for this weekend for the uh, uh, that say that the end of the world uh, this weekend. And he's advertising, and <laughs> his wife turned around and says, "We just got ding because." Uh, they did a fact check on you and said that the end of the world is not this weekend. And he's saying, I'm advertising for a webinar. <laughs> <laughs> and all the uh, algorithm what is, mm. was reading, was read what he said out of context, just put the words together. Oh, he said the world was going to end this weekend. No, that's not true. And he got a ding for that. And that's how... A long, a long time ago, there, there was this thing that, that the United States and, and Great Britain made up, and they monitored all the telephone calls. They had an algorithm for all the telephone calls. And if you mentioned certain words, it would start recording. And uh, I was calling a friend in uh, Jerusalem and mentioned those words and actually talked to them, and they did what I said. But that's, that's for another time. They listened to the words. And, and 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 they use now they use that algorithm to demonetize the uh, 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 news that they don't want really out there. I.e., um, um, there is a, a news service conservative that, Christian viewpoints or or true uh, uh, viewpoints on enemies of our of this country like. You can't report on the Chinese. Uh, you said it, Doc. Now what are we going to do? You said uh, the word. What? What word? <laughs> you said the word Chinese and enemy in oh, the yeah. same sentence. In the same. And now look, we're going to get demonetized. We're going to yeah. Well, look. And, and that, you, but, about, it, but but it's true. How about the Equality Act they're pushing in Congress right now? Oh well, that HR uh, one federal persecution. Well, it's not only it says uh, in Congress. Democrats in Congress are pushing an equality, legisl equality leg legislation that critics say would cr criminalize Christianity, Islam, and Judaism by forcing virtually every institution in society to do, I guess, whatever they deem is equal. Because uh, they, they hold no distinction 
for religious organizations. They do not believe that religious organizations have the right HR to be able H- to speak independently of the collective. Right. There is a you, you can use the word get to know the word. It probably is a buzzword. I don't know if there's a ding or a shutdown or a cancel that's going to happen, but it, eventually it's going to happen anyway. It may as well be now. There is a collective. There is a mindset that is antagonistic towards the things of God. And because it's antagonistic toward the things of God, it cannot tolerate anything that is godly. If you share things that are truth and godly, unless it lines up with the narrative, you can say words like love, peace, joy, happiness. But if you use words like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. if you use words like marriage, marriage is a trigger. Oh, no. What's he going to say about marriage? I got a good text. Oh, good. Let's hear a good text. From our friend Wayne. He sends 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. So he says, tell me. Why would you not want to, why would you want to be, a, why, if you were a follower of God, why wouldn't you want to pick up the Bible every day and spend a little time in it? Well, we have to take another break and then we're going to come back for our final segment and we're going to get into that very question because next week's uh, segment is going to be very exciting. It's going to talk about the new missionary trend in church worship. Looking for a place to hang out with family and friends and have a great time too? Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place for you. Dave and Steve Ruberton have kept traditions of the townhouse alive and well for more than 35 years. Open daily at 4 p.m., Rocco's Townhouse has a very large selection of micro-brew beers, both on tap and in the bottle. Along with daily dinner specials, you will never walk away hungry. Looking for something different? Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar is the place located downstairs at Rocco's Townhouse. It's open every Friday and Saturday night at 7 p.m. and it doesn't stop there. Live events from some of the greatest local bands in the area make the evening better. Look to have your next event at Rocco's Townhouse and Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar. Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey is the place where everyone is meeting. Don't forget to visit them online at Rocco'sTownhouse.com or give them a call at 609-561-9384. That's 609-561-9384. Everyone meets at Rocco's Townhouse. Hello, this is Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel, Hamilton. I'd like to invite you to join us in worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You can also join us for live stream service on YouTube each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Each week is filled with excitement at Calvary Chapel, Hamilton. On Wednesday, we offer an adult Bible study as well as Awana for the kids and youth group for the teens. Monday evenings, we continue our series of deeper exploration of critical topics, currently the Revelation. Our passion as a church is to help others learn how to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Other specialized services and events are listed on our website at www.cchamilton.org. God bless. Now back to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo on WNJHradio.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, we had an excellent text. It was not a question. It was, uh, it was declaration. a statement. Declaration, <laughs> yes. But I'm going to view it as a prayer request, too, because, you know, the reality is that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. 
that the man of God might be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How can we know what the next right step is if we don't know what the Word of God says? How can we know how God wants us to live our life if we don't know His Son, Jesus Christ? And Jesus Christ is clearly expressed in His Word. Uh, We can only know bits and pieces about Jesus Christ by hearing comments or even by going to church. We should be in the Word consistently and constantly. The topic for next week, the hot topic for next week, is going to be uh, how the church's focus is changing as a result of the new, we'll call it the new global shutdown. And I don't mean the shutdown by closing borders, and I don't mean shutting down by closing restaurants and wearing masks, but the shutdown by stopping conversation, stopping anyone from expressing a viewpoint that runs contrary to the collective, that even churches that want to hold church service get shamed even by other churches. Other pastors will come out publicly and shame pastors for having church. Others will shame pastors for not having church. They'll make people feel guilty for going into a house of God. They'll make people feel guilty for staying away from the house of God. And when the, re- the, the reasonable man standard is this, that we should view every man's action as reasonable under the circumstances. And reasonable under the circumstances requires personal responsibility and you to get the information you need to keep yourself safe. Are you required by God to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him? Yes, you are. Are you required to bring to him the first fruits of praise, the first fruits of an offering to him? Are you required to present yourself the first day of the week? Yes, you are. Is there anything about Christianity that that I could tell you is, uh, no, you can just do it any way you want to, and God will be okay with it? No. God says, I am a holy God, and you will approach me as such. And when we start to approach him in an offhand and flippant manner, that's when we wind up getting ourselves thinking we are acting on God's behalf, and we put ourselves and others in danger. Mm-hmm. And here's the example. In Second Samuel, we find that David is the king, and he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem because he found out it's been in the house of, I believe it's Abinadab. A Obed-Edom for generations. So here the the house of Obed-Edom has been blessed for now years, and he said it deserves to be in the house of God. It should not be in a private man's home, regardless of what's taken place there. So he then says, we must bring the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. How do we do it? According to Chronicles, because you have to read the section of Scripture in 2 Samuel, you have to read Chronicles, he then asks the priests, and the priests give him lousy information. The priests tell him what he wants to hear because it's the popular view. And when people take the popular view, bad things are going to happen. So what did David do? He commanded a new cart to be built. So he built this new cart. He said, watch the way we're going to transport this Ark of the Covenant. We could say, wow, that's amazing. He built a beautiful cart for the beautiful Ark. It's going to be a beautiful procession. It's going to be beautiful because the God of love is going to bless this wonderful procession. Listen to the worship music. It's beautiful. And the word beautiful, if I could say it one more time, would make me want to vomit because they all thought it was going to be that 
wonderful of an environment. They made it a circus environment. They're singing songs and they're stopping and they're cheering and they're dancing and they're playing music and all of it's wonderful. The only person who thinks it's not wonderful is God because God commanded that you do not put his ark on a cart and you do not pull his ark with donkeys or oxen. You put it on the shoulders of the priests and they will carry the ark of the covenant. That Word of God represented in Jesus Christ, that is carried by people into the world. It's not sent into the world. It's not drug or hidden behind a cart. You don't pay anybody to do it for you. You carry the Word of God, and God will not be mocked, even though it seems better. They had a better cart. It's a better mode of transportation. When the ox stumbled, the ark started to slide off the cart. A good man, his name was Uzzah. There were two men, one named Ahio and the other named Uzzah. We're going to look at this in greater detail next week, so read it for yourself. Yes, there's homework. Read the Word of God. <laughs> Thank you. When you start to read this section of Scripture, the man Ahio, his name means the friendly one. And then you see Uzzah, and Uzzah's name means the strong one. So the friendly one is out there greeting people. What a wonderful day. Isn't this great? Praise to the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Isn't it wonderful? It's beautiful, terrific. Everything is wonderful. But it's not. As the ark starts to slide, the strong one reaches out. I'm strong. And he touches the ark and immediately he's struck dead. The entire procession comes to an all stop because now God has struck a man who the world would view as good. The world would view as godly. The world would view as one who's, who loves people and loves God. He's a promoter of everything beautiful and wonderful and lovely. There's everything but duckies and bunnies and unicorns coming out of his mouth. And here he is now struck dead, lying on the side of the road. Why is God so mad? Why is God so, I can't believe God would act so violently. God is not an understanding God at all. In fact, he's just mean. He's mean because he shut down this whole procession. <coughs> When all of a sudden, David then says, I can't believe that this happened. So he stops, he takes a breath, he cries out to God, he sends the, the ark back to the house, and then he goes and he consults the priests, and he said, what did we do wrong? Actually, he said, what did I do wrong? Because he knew that he had fouled up. He thought he was doing right before God. <coughs> And since he said he wanted to put it on a new cart and he wanted to do good things, the priest said, we told you what you wanted to hear because we were afraid of you. And we feared you more than we feared the Lord. And people died. An entire celebration service that could have been glorious and could have been truly wonderful if it represented God correctly was now stunted. So we need to say, what would God have for us the next time David does it, he does it correctly, and there is great glory, not just to the procession and the people, but to all of Israel. So read the section because we're going to look at it. Doc, you want to say something? Yeah, you, you, you have to do things God's way. When man gets to try to do things his way, it's going to be messed up. And you have to do, and, and it's said over and over, there were two sons of, of Aaron that wanted to do it their way. There were the two calves. Oh, we're going to worship the God of Israel with these two calves. And it's when people make up stuff and, oh, this is the way we're going to do it because this is the way we think is the right way to do it. We're going to help God along. Yeah, we're going to help God along, you know, like, 
and it's not that way. And and what's amazing because of the the study we did this morning, people think they're going to get away with this. All this evil that they're doing, they they honestly believe that oh, uh, there's no consequence to this to me, and there's going to be a consequence. You will have to stand one day in front of the Lord of glory and make an account of everything you did. Well, what's the word of God say in Isaiah 40? Comfort, yes, comfort my people. And people are saying, how come God doesn't comfort me? It's because you don't approach him. Right. We haven't approached God. Maybe you haven't approached God ever in your life. Maybe you think that you're saved. Maybe you think that you have a relationship with God. Maybe you think that your relationship with God is good because your mom had a good relation or your dad did or you went to church when you were a kid or no. you think that because you're a good person that God thinks you're a good person. I can tell you, God thinks so highly of you that he would die for you. So don't sell yourself short and don't think God's either pleased or displeased with you. God loves you with that kind of love. But it's a it's a lack of knowledge from not reading, not opening the book, not that's what we're talking about. Have you read that somewhere? I might have read it somewhere, but it, my people perish for right, lack of knowledge. Exactly yeah. right. And and I know we want to encourage everyone to open the Bible. To, yeah. And a lot of people doing the evil think they're doing the right thing because they don't know enough of the of the knowledge and they're going to perish because of lack of that knowledge. Uh, and or, or or they really don't believe that they're is something called justice. Listen, I'm, I'm going to ask people to commit, and I'm please, if you are on social media, and everybody's on social media, if you I'm are... Not. And you're proud of that. I I'm know. proud of That's it. That's right. If, if you are humble, <laughs> as, humble you as, love my, Jesus. as humble as my dear brother here, is, <laughs> in his humility, states with... I'm not. With great... <laughs> Great pride. <laughs> <laughs> no, great practicality. Well, okay. If, if you are on social media, if you are spending time on uh, any social media, take some time. Whatever the normal time that you spend, take a portion of it and say, if I have enough time to spend this much time doing this, and you can call it research if you want. You can call it uh, downtime or what decompression time, whatever it is you're doing on your social media or on the internet, if you can take time to do that, and I'm not saying it's bad nor evil, what I am saying is if you have enough time, take some of that time and say, I'm going to choose to read the Word of God, and I'm going to give you a tip. There is a Bible app available, and it's called the Blue Letter Bible. It is absolutely free. I get no money from them. They're not a sponsor of this program. I am not monetized nor funded by them. I give them money because I believe in what they do. They have a Bible program that is available on your, your device that is free and easy to navigate, and you can read the Word of God right in your phone for free, right in your tablet, right in your laptop. I have it on my, my iPad. It'll even speak to you. It'll yeah. even read it to read you. Read it to you. There are great commentaries on there. If you have any question at all about anything, you can type that question in and you'll get an answer for it. It's an amazing site. Again, I, it's free. I get no money from it. They are not, uh, you know, they don't, they, they give me nothing. No T-shirts. No T-shirts. Yeah, you get no T-shirts. <laughs> or tires. <laughs> no tires. Uh, 
but I help them financially because that's how they maintain their website is mm-hmm. through people giving them donations. So I help. So I encourage you to look it up and see you if it's something you're... You can even take something that you read. And how about this? Use your text somebody what they what you're reading because the problem comes we can talk to everyone out there reading the bible or everyone that has a relationship with christ and they get it mm-hmm. i believe that if you're saved you know jesus christ your savior you want to know more you want to get the information so we're helping them find ways to do that and encouraging them to do that also but now everyone knows people that don't know jesus christ as their savior and that's the hardest part to teach someone or to tell them how to get to those people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, as that book we're looking at, Saved, about being saved. One of the things that, that, uh, that I appreciate about you, Joe, is that you have a, a passion to get the Word of God into the hands of people simply. Just, I just want you to know the Jesus that I know. And there are a lot of barriers to that. There are a lot of there's a lot of fear. What is the church going to want from me? Uh, what is it going to be like when I go into the church? Uh, and you want that fear to be assuaged so that they might just know Jesus Christ personally. I can tell you there's an enemy that wants to keep people from Christ, mm-hmm. and sometimes he can make church intimidating to people. I don't want church to be intimidating. I can, I can speak for Calvary chapels because I pastor a Calvary chapel. And a Calvary chapel... We're a come-as-you-are church. You come into church, and you'll be greeted, and people are friendly. And when you come in and people are greeting you and they're friendly, have a cup of coffee when COVID is over and we can offer coffee. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about that now. Yeah, have a cup of coffee, enjoy some time of fellowship, get to know one another. But the church does not clean up your act. You, take this to heart, you do not clean up your act. Right. You allow God to clean up your act. Mm-hmm. Come to him and let him make the changes in your life that he thinks are necessary. So watch what will happen if you step foot into a church. Watch what will happen if you step foot into I, I know what will happen if you, uh, well, I expect and anticipate what will happen if you walk into a Calvary Chapel. You're going to find people that greet you, and you're going to hear a Bible study that's a verse-by-verse teaching from whatever section of Scripture the pastor is in. Mm -hmm. And he's going to open the Bible, and he's going to read it. He's going to give the explanation of it, and he's going to try to apply it to your life. How about, short of that, the people that don't want to take that step, anybody listening that wants to know what that means or what saved me, go look it up. I'm going to tell you, because we're going to take two minutes, so you, you don't just leave that out there and say, well, you know what I'm if saying, you want to get I'm, saved, look it up. Well, no, what I'm saying help. is, people don't know what they don't know. People right. don't know what they need, even though they think they know what they've got. But they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what saved means. You can speak the whole thing now. They want to go to a place, well, they might not trust a pastor. They may be that cynical. You don't know. Who knows who these people are? They're looking for answers, but they don't know what answers they're looking I was 16 and approached, and I didn't know I had to be saved. I didn't know what it meant, but I didn't know I had to be saved. My question should have been, why do I need to be saved? Okay, they're not going to go, may not call you up, might not come to church to find that answer, but they have to find an answer somewhere, just a, just a um, unspiritual answer, so to speak. In other words, go somewhere and read what it means to be saved. What do you what do Christians mean when they say you gotta be born again? What do Christians mean when you need to be saved? Saved from what? 
by who and why. So what you're saying. If they get practical, if they go online, they can find practical answers if they could find it at the right at the right um, place. What, what you're saying is they have to know, right? They need to know. Well, we, we know which they was, need to know. Which was, which was my whole thing. My whole thing was, okay, God, if you're there, you show me you. I don't want to get it through another person. I want to get it from you. I don't want somebody to sit down and, and talk to me. I want to be thoroughly convinced if not, when I die, I'm walking into heaven. I heard a laugh after that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and he'll answer that. If you honestly want to find out, he will show himself. And they're, they're line upon There's line. That, that humility again just I mean, it it is, is Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can be... You if stood before honest, God. You stood if, before God, and you said, "I double dog dare." You. That's right. <laughs> and if you truly mean, "I double dog dare you," well, to I, I'm going to use me. you as an example. <laughs> show me. Yourself. Here is a man who uh, mistakes humility for hubris, <laughs> or hubris for humility, <laughs> because he had the audacity to to point at God and say, I double dog dare you. And when I walk into heaven, if you have not answered this question, I'm going to give you a piece if, of my mind. If No, I didn't even, I didn't even say that. I said, if you do not show me yourself and convince me, okay, then I'm walking into heaven and you can talk to the hand. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, oh, Oh, okay, so hang oh, on a wait a minute. No, 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 no. I, I get it. I got it. I got to get a message to people and we got to go. So the message to people is this. Doc scared me because <laughs> he had the audacity to say to God, I am more powerful than you. And if you believe you have the right to condemn me to hell, I don't know who you are or what you're thinking, but you do not stand in the place of judging me. And here is something that I can tell you is the answer. The answer is... God is rich in mercy because he did not strike down my friend Doc. Because if I were God, he wouldn't have finished the sentence. Toast. I would have said, I know what it is that you're thinking, and I would have had a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and it would have been this. Regular or extra crispy? <laughs> but, because but, I would have. But, so I am not God because I am not rich in mercy. But, but, this same. Let me finish salvation. Then okay. you can come back and okay. talk whatever okay. you want. Mm -hmm. This same God is a God of mercy and a God of compassion. A God who can handle the tough questions and a God who's strong enough to be able to answer them. And as he answers them, he wants you to know I answer them with my son, Jesus mm. Christ. I love you this much. I love you enough to die for you. I love you enough to live for you. I love you enough to indwell you and to empower you and to encourage you. I've even given you my written word, the Bible, so you can have absolute confidence in what it is that you have seen as representation of me. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can have that same confidence and that same hope of our blessed Redeemer in your heart so that you can know that it's true and share that truth with others. Mm -hmm. It is the love of God that draws people. It's not the wrath of God. If God were an angry and wrathful God, He'd have Doc, would, me. Yeah, Doc <laughs> would never have finished that sentence. But he, he understood one thing. If you seek him sincerely, remember Christ said, I'd rather you hot or cold than lukewarm? Mm -hmm. Well, I was hot. I say, <laughs> show me yourself, 
And he said, you, you honestly mean that? I said, yes, I do. What, what inspired you to... Because I'm, I was Double that kind of way. What, what I was, uh, that's the way I'm built. But when, to get to that point, there had to be something to drive you to that no, point. No, that I, I was what? always interested. Let it go. Forget it. Let it go. I was work. always interested. No, I He's was missing. a young kid. He's missing it. You're trying to lob up a softball to yeah. him. Yeah. You're trying to pass something up to him so he can say, but I'm oh, gonna... look, this is that. And he's missing it. And, like, and what, I'm, what, I, what I was at the point is I wanted to know the truth. Why? Why? Because that's the way I'm built. That okay. doesn't make sense. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. Okay, well, he, Doc, Doc, hang on a minute. Why don't you say this? Joe, what do you mean by that? What, what makes you say that? He, he wants to say, was there something in my life at that time that forced me to say that? Oh, okay. And maybe. what I'm saying is, that's the way I was. I was always interested in science. The question. Why? 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 Because Why I was you, interested. You were built like that, of course. Uh, and I always wanted words, to had, know the truth. But did you have someone say... No. About... There was Christians near no. you that said anything? No. Where'd you find the idea I, to say anything about the God? Because I wanted Why to know whether there was a God or not. Why? Simple. I heard about him. You know, my grandmother you heard founded a, ch a, a, a church. You heard about my him. My great-grandmother founded the church next, next down, door. Calm down. Give me the hook out. Yeah. Uh -huh. You he's, heard he's about him. He's missing it. The passion is the Where did he's you missing get, the point. Where did, he's trying to get a home run here. You got something to say? No. I just want to help Doc. Doc, take Take a breath, yeah. slow down, because uh -huh. you're, you're speaking a lot, yeah. but he's trying to help you knock it out of the park, and you're not listening. Okay. You're just speaking. But, uh, I'm just trying to tell you where I was. Stop reacting. Okay. But why were you there? Stop reacting. Why I was there? Who put you in that spot? Thank you. Who put Where did it come from? What, God. What drove, what drove you? What people outside or in your sphere of influence that may have planted seeds for you to go somewhere to get fed, how did that all work? How did that? So in other words, what were you were you guided you to that? You weren't born in a bubble, live in a bubble, grow up in a cave, and then say, "I want to know God." Somebody had to have influenced you to at least when you have, yourself. When you have multiple, culturally multiple people saying this is God, okay. When when you have sat down and read uh, 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 about Buddhism. When you sat down and read about Hinduism, when you even participated in Islam. Okay, for the less, okay. the less learned people that yeah. are out there, what we're trying to get to is that <laughs> if we're doing what we need to do, being out there, planting seeds, that someone like yourself will go double dare God to show me the way. That's the point. We need to be but, out there to plant seeds that some may, may grow up somewhere else and don't, I'm, to make other people double I, their I, God. I was, I was one of those rare people that <laughs> oh, literally yeah. did not have anybody. I was a child of the 60s, okay, truly. I mean, went into communism and everything else. There's not a single Marxist out there okay. where... Cut the okay. short. Okay. Right. We got to wrap yeah. it up. So <laughs> if you were a child of the 60s and you did LSD, Doc... No, I did, not, I did not do LSD. Okay. But what I'm saying is... Okay, if no, you, no, no, please, please. If, 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 if you, you want to find God, he'll stop, get stop. to you. If you... <laughs> listen. Uh, to Joe's point, one of the things that we are called to is we are called to present Jesus Christ. I encourage you. Share the truth, plant seeds, encourage others in their walk, 
so that they might be able to have the questions answered. They might, I understand there are some, some unique circumstances for, <laughs> we're not going to open that anymore. <clears throat> 93% of the people are right-handed. So I'm, I'm going to speak to the 93% of the people. <laughs> I'm going to speak to the 93% of the people who, who need Jesus Christ and have heard something about him. If you have heard something about him, do the independent research. If you have had some seed sown, look further. If you have any questions, ask the questions. God can handle them. If you want further information, you can contact us. You can call in. You can write in. You can text us. We want to talk with you. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, we come to you and we thank you for all that you are. We ask you to bless us. And for those in the hearing of my voice, there may be some that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It would be a tragedy if today they squandered the opportunity to know you personally. Lord, you require us to just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart God raised him from the dead to be saved. We invite you to make yourself real and truthful to those who are listening, and may you receive all the glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com.